right on. We're continuing in our series today of Abide. And uh, man, I've been having fun. I'm leading a couple of small groups. Uh, and uh, I lead one on location here on Wednesday night and then one on Zoom on Friday morning. You know, people get up to study the Bible with me at 7 o'clock in the morning on Friday. Man, it is a good time. There's some great people. And, uh, man, I'm just so, you know, it blesses me as a pastor when God is speaking to people that they're hungry for his word. And uh, that's really a real encouragement to me uh, that I know that you're connecting with the Holy Spirit. Uh, As we jump into this uh, message I've entitled today, Don't Settle, I just want to, I want to just remind you, so get your phone out, because I want to see your responses. Uh, uh, When I was a kid, I remember, I had five sisters, I still have five sisters, uh, and they don't, they didn't wear pants like I got on today. They wore these pants, they were called bell bottoms, huh? And to be cool in those days, you wanted like bigger, and I remember they would actually cut the Blue jeans, they would tear out the seam and they would put a color of fabric. Like, they, you know, it was a design, something red with hearts on it or, or flowers. And they had, the bigger the bell bottom, the cooler you were. Huh? Huh? Anybody remember that? Uh, you, to, be, to be an individual when you're a teenager, you got to be di- unique. You got to be different. And that's what they did. Bell bottom Anybody remember, what, what did you do to be unique? That's what I want to see. So type that in there. Uh, what I did to be unique is in those days, there was a band called U2 that was just starting when I was a teenager. That's a long time ago. If you go back and look at it, uh, they, their uh, first records, nobody bought them. They weren't cool. But I, I, for some reason, I thought they were cool. And to be unique, I bought an army fatigue kind of a jacket, and I got U2 uh, crests, and I sewed them on by my own hand. I learned how to sew to be unique, (laughs) and I sewed U2 crests. Funny thing was, I was at my mom's a couple years ago, and she had that jacket. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Moms keep some funny things. And she had pulled all the crests off, and so now I have them at my house. I was going to bring them this morning. But I want to know, what did you do to be unique? What, what kind of hair did you have? What kind of music did you listen to? I'm, I'm uh, watching. Someone said they drove their motorcycle everywhere. <laughs> what did you do to be unique? I got one. That's the only one I see so far. Uh, on there. So if you got something, I want to see it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up. Okay. So bring put your put your thing in there that you. Someone else said they wore bell bottoms too. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, I love that. I just love the 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 idea that when we're teenagers, we want to be unique. And you know what? The thing is, also in our faith, we can kind of go down this. This road of trying to be unique, trying to be our own person, trying to be different, whatever. And sometimes we can fall into a trap that says, if I would just wear this, if I would just act this way, then God will love me more. People will think I'm a better Christian. You know, whatever it is, uh, uh, we think, you know, that's the thing. So sometimes... Um, 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 
Someone said they dyed their hair black. <laughs> dyed your hair. I love all the colors of, of uh, hair that we see nowadays. Isn't that great? Purple hair and blue hair and all that kind of stuff. It's so much fun. Uh, anyways, just talking about our faith, uh, I want to just encourage you today um, that as believers, what makes us special, what makes us confident people is not what we wear, it's not how we look, not how we talk, not what people think, but what's really going to do it for us is to recognize who we are in Christ, that we have inherited every spiritual blessing. Paul said, and we're going to look at the scripture a little bit later, but we've inherited every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, and that's what makes us confident people. That's what makes us special people to God. And I want to just ask you the question, have we traded our inheritance for just looking okay, for looking happy, or for being comfortable? You know, sometimes we get this idea that what God wants for me is to be comfortable, to be happy. You know, we, we get the idea that God wants you to get a, a uh, you have a relationship with him, so therefore he wants you to get a good parking spot at the store. So you think, you know, as God's child, uh, his spiritual blessing is for me to get a good parking spot. And, and God will do that. He'll give you a good parking spot. But you know what? That's, that's not why Jesus died for you, to give you a good parking spot. Um, we, can, we can think of all kinds of things. We, we can trade our potential and our destiny sometimes for just living off someone else's potential and destiny. We can think, well, well, that person is cool. I'll hang around with them, and uh, some of their coolness will rub off me. We can think about our parents uh, loving Jesus. And so, therefore, well, we don't really have to love Jesus because our parents love him. And so, so we'll just kind of sneak in with, with the love that they got. Well, you know what? God wants you to know. His love. I just love you sharing that this morning, uh, Maureen, that Jesus is looking into your eye. <laughs> it's, he, he's, he's, he loves the other person too, which is okay, but he wants you to know. He wants you to walk in your inheritance. He wants you to walk in the blessing. And, and uh, I want to just uh, bring to you a story. Someone said they shaved their head. I should read these before I say them out loud. <laughs> Grew my bangs long and dyed them purple. <laughs> I, someone says, uh, I think this is a guy. I don't even want to say his name. They dyed, he used eyeliner in school and acted like a delinquent. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> uh. Someone said they found a loophole. They had a school uniform. They found a loophole and wore uh, religious jewelry. They weren't allowed to wear jewelry, but they could wear religious jewelry. <laughs> Way to go. Trying to find a way to be unique. Well, isn't it cool that we don't have to find a way with Jesus? He's looking for a way to make us his sons and daughters, and he's done it. And so I want to just take a minute to talk about 1 Kings this morning. Uh, in 1 Kings uh, is the story of two men. One was King Ahab, and the other was Elijah. 
Now, King Ahab was a king that knew God. He knew the power of God. But somewhere along the line, he traded living for God to just acting in a religious way. You know, he thought, if I just look good, that'll be enough. You know, if I just, if I look like I have faith, if I have followers and all that kind of stuff, that's, as long as I have the appearance, that's okay. And he appeared to be a man of faith. He appeared to have people that followed him. He appeared to have, uh, uh, that he walked in, in some faith. But in the reality, what he had was a bunch of hype. <laughs> there was just emptiness in his life. He had worship. He had buildings. He had followers. But in the end, it was, it was empty. It was meaningless. It didn't do anything for him except for get him into trouble. Elijah, on the other hand, had faith. And it was real. Elijah didn't look like he had a lot going for him. He didn't have many things. He didn't have buildings and, and worship teams and all that kind of stuff. But what he had was a real relationship with God. He knew God and God knew him. In fact, God would speak to him. And God would lead him in his life. And Elijah, he had strength in him. When he worshipped God, it was out of love for God, and he would encounter his presence, and then he would live out his faith, and he would see answers to his prayers. <laughs> what a difference, eh? Two men, one who traded his purpose and destiny, and one who lived in his purpose and destiny. One who settled for what was easy and what looked like he had something awesome, and one who went for the real thing. And that was relationship with God. And he walked in his inheritance. You know, Ahab demanded from his followers. He demanded that they would submit to him. He demanded that they would do what he said. Ahab asked his followers to settle for serving him. And settle for a form of worship and a form of godliness. It looked good, but it was empty. But Elijah was stirring people up to be followers of God. And he urged them not to settle. And he asked them to pursue God and to know his voice. And to live in the reality and the power of God as his children, as his sons and daughters. So that's what I want to talk to you for a couple minutes about today. What happens when we settle? Well, one of the things that happens when we settle is we fall into an empty life. We begin to live for things that we don't even like. <laughs> it's like there's things in our life that has, has like a legalism that we can't even stop. Like something else is telling me what to do. My own urges and my own, my own weaknesses, other people, whatever. It's in my life and it's like I'm living for something that I don't even want in my life. You know, sometimes we live for debt. We have debts in our lives for things that we don't need and we don't even want. <laughs> they don't even make us happy, but we're, we're living for them. They're, it's like they have, they have control of us. Ahab, he settled. He spent his life 
trying to make Jezebel happy. <laughs> he tried, you know, he tried to live up to her expectations. You know, every time he would try, she would just move the goal stick. You know, it was like, here's the goal line. If I could just get do this, then I'll make her happy. Then he'd get there and she'd say, no, you, it's over here. <laughs> and then he would try to do that. And then she would move it again. No, it's over here. You know, he was just like living like that. And, you were, and, and we see it. As we read the scripture, you can read it in 1 Kings, and I think it's chapter 16, 17, 18, the story. And you can see how Ahab was trying. <laughs> he was trying, and he had, a, he had the look, but inside it was just empty. You know, I have a friend that has a motorhome. I've known him for over 20 years. And uh, he had the motorhome before I met him. And uh, the motorhome has sat in his yard for 20, over 20 years. Never it never left his yard. A nice motorhome. He works hard, this guy. He works for his stuff. He's up early. He comes home late. He's working. He's a great guy. Fantastic friend. And uh, one day, a couple of years ago, I saw he had the door open, and I, and I happened to be there, and and I said, hey, are you going on a holiday with your motorhome? I said to his wife, quick, get it, your stuff, and f throw your socks in your, and uh, fill the fridge. You guys are going on a holiday. And he said, no, 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 no. no. We're just moving it from there to here because we're having company, and they're going to bring their motorhome and park in our yard. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're living for stuff we don't even want. Huh? Working hard for stuff. You know, are you living your life? Are you serving something that God doesn't even want in your life? You, someone said you'd be happy if you had it. And you're just serving it. And you're not happy. It's just like a ball and chain in your life. It can just lead you to emptiness when we settle. Uh, the second thing that can happen is we, we have the look but no substance. And we are kind of talking about that already. We talk like we're great. We have the friends we have the smile we have the activities that we're doing we can post it on facebook we have nice clothes we 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 you know whatever but we lack power in our lives our lives just don't have the zip that we need to do what we really want to do the look is there but the substance is not there our lives oftentimes when we settle are led by our emotions, how we feel. So we get some fear, or we get some envy, or anxiety. And you know what leads us? It's those things. When we settle, it's those emotions that begin to settle. And we start to live our lives directed by our fears, directed by our anxieties. We have the look but no strength, no substance to live the life that God created us for. You know, we can uh, watch YouTube videos. I like watching this guy uh, named Sean James. And he's building a log cabin and log. He's got, he hunts and fishes. And I noticed in the comments... That people write 1.5, I looked yesterday, 1.54 million followers. He lives in Canada, in Ontario. All his videos are just about him 
living in the forest, building a log cabin and hunting and fishing and paddling his canoe and building an outside kitchen and making a fire and cooking his fish. And, and people write in the comments, you're living my dream. Why would you settle for a video? God has something of substance for you. Why would we live a life just to look like we're enjoying it? To look like we're following God. We have the look, but no substance. God wants you to be the guy making the video, not the guy, you know, watching the video and saying, that guy is living my life. Okay, number three, we lose hope. When the pressure of life and and our enemy and the flesh get turned up, we are quickly knocked off course by discouragement and depression and by disillusionment. You know, when the pressure comes, when the tension gets turned up, when things happen like we weren't expecting them to happen, you know, our enemy steps in and he starts to say, you know what? (laughs) You don't have any strength to stop this any more than the next guy. That's what happens when we settle. You know, pastors are in a huge battle right now. And I pray for the pastors of our city. And I meet with pastors that are from all across Canada every Thursday morning for a mentoring group. And I pray for them. And I'd like to ask you, would you pray for us? Because pastors are in a place right now where the look of what we do has been taken away. You know, we can have 50 people gather. No matter how many people that want to come, they can't even come. And sometimes pastors, they, they think about their church based on how many people show up, how, what God is doing in their life. You know, I can't see what God is doing in your life, an online church. You could switch me on. You can also switch me off just like that. Click the button. And I have no way of knowing what you're doing. And you know, pastors are discouraged. And this is one of the reasons why. Because we've fallen into the trap of something that, you know, we can't control. Is what, where we're going to get our, our strength from. And we can lose hope. <laughs> we can lose hope. You could lose hope. Maybe you're, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're faced with something that's discouraging you, that's disillusioning you, that's bringing some depression into your life. Well, that's what happens when we settle for the look and not the substance, okay? So areas where we can settle are in our call, in our, in our call to live for Jesus. Uh, how about finding a spouse? We can settle in something like that. We could say, oh, well, you know, I just don't seem to be getting anybody any good. So I think I'll just go for that one. <laughs> you know, I'll just, I'll just pick you. Someone asked me this morning, how did you meet Carla? Because it was our anniversary this week. Thanks. You guys were sending th- thank, uh, uh, congratulations and so on. And, and someone asked me, how did you meet her? And I was just remembering those early days. There was no settling there. No, man, I was just like, bless my socks right off. But sometimes we can settle. We can settle when it comes to that. How about our fitness or our jobs, living for Jesus? You know, we can, we can just settle for what's okay. But when you don't settle, something else happens. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, 
that we would be blessed or God would bless us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That's what Ephesians 1 verse 3. You know what God's heart for you is when you don't settle? That you would receive every spiritual blessing. Say every spiritual blessing. That's what God's heart is for you. Not that you would get a look, you would look okay, you would look cool, you would look happy, whatever. All that might come because of that, because of the spiritual blessings, but God wants to give you spiritual blessings. Our lives then are transformed by these spiritual blessings, it says in Ephesians. In fact, in verse 4, it says, He chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. You know what happens when, you're, when you receive blessings? Your life starts to be transformed. You start to live different. You start to think different. It's not a, God doesn't give you a list of holiness rules. No, he's transforming your heart so that your heart is changed and that you would live in a new way and your life begins to be transformed when you don't settle. Our lives are transformed by identity. What you identify with is what you believe you are. If we say, well, I'm just this or I'm just that, that's settling. When you don't settle, though, you lock yourself into an identity as adopted children of God, sons of God, daughters of God. Our lives are counted and they count for something significant, and they're not wasted. You become energized. <laughs> you start to smile more. You start to enjoy even the challenges that you have. Uh, I noticed that Brian uh, came in today with a big smile, and he was telling me about reaching out, and Denise reaching out yesterday, bringing hot chocolate to people that were on the street, just loving on people and praying for people. And you know what? We could look at that and if that was a list of things, oh, I got to do that because I got to make Jesus happy, you know. <sighs> but if there's a transforming in your heart and you recognize, you know, hey, God has made me his child. He made me to make a difference. And I, I am making a difference. All of a sudden becomes a joy, right? That's what happens when we don't settle. Ephesians 2 uh, verse 1 it describes how many people settled. And I think you're going to bring that verse up. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, as for you. <laughs> and what he's saying is everybody at one time were settling. As for you. We all settled. But in verse 2 it says, it's how we used to live. When we followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We were caught in this spiritual battle, and we're just living that way, that we were settling, doing what seems best. And in verse 4 and 5, it says, people, you don't have to settle. <laughs> you can get your inheritance. And this is what it says. Because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ Jesus. That's the promise of God, to make you alive. With every spiritual blessing. So what are spiritual blessings? What are these things? They seem like a mystery. I want to get some of those. I want to get something that's going to 
bring strength to me. I want to get something that's going to bring some joy to me. Well, some of the things that we can find in the scripture and we find in people that love the Lord are, um, no, I lost my place. We're filled with the Holy Spirit is one of our spiritual blessings. You know, as a child of God, you can be filled with the Spirit. You can walk around empty and trying to do it in your own strength, but you have the option of asking to be filled with the Spirit of God and walk in the strength and the power of God. You have, uh, uh, as a child of God, the ability to hear God's voice. That's a spiritual blessing. You know, God wants you to be able to hear and discern his voice. And that's a spiritual blessing that we have. We can walk in new life. You know, our old life can be changed. It can be transformed. The things that controlled us can be changed in us. And we can walk in a new way, a new life. Has anybody noticed that you've been different since you became a child of God? Maybe you, you have that experience. Well, that happened to me. We can receive healing as a spiritual blessing. Healing is a spiritual blessing. Forgiveness is a spiritual blessing. Becoming a child of God is a spiritual blessing. You know, God didn't settle. <laughs> he didn't just settle for some, wanting to help some. He wanted to help all of us. He's rich in mercy to make us alive. So I want to encourage us, let's not settle. I'm going to give you three ways to not settle. Here we go. Number one, be yielded. Make the person you live for Jesus. Yield for, to Jesus. You know, we can yield to all kinds of things. We can yield to sin. We can yield to, to pure pressure. We can yield to all kinds of voices in this world. But I want to encourage you, yield to Jesus. Make Jesus the person that you're going to sacrifice for and be transparent to. You know what? We need to hear his voice to yield to him. We need to hear him, to yield to him for the mission that he has for us. And as we yield to him, we can be strengthened to follow him. Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, these are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and who tremble at my word. That's people that yield to him. We make what he says the priority in our lives. Number two, be assured. A heart, have a heart that's assured by your father, your heavenly father. You know, as a child growing up, I didn't have a relationship with my dad. I wasn't assured by my dad. But as a believer in Jesus, I can be assured by my heavenly father. And so can you. You can be assured. Your relationship is not one of a long distance. He's not like up there and you're down here and he wants you to be separated. No, God wants to walk with you. Not as an absent father, but as a present father. And he's desiring a close relationship with you. Jesus said in John 17 verse 3, he said, now this is eternal life that they may know you. So this is Jesus talking to God. I want to give eternal life that they would know you, Daddy. <laughs> that these people, us, that we would know our Father. 
that we would walk with him, that he would be with us. Number three, be energized. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, The sun, speaking of Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. It's the full-on light of God. This is God. This is what God looks like. This is what God, how he acts. This is what he does. We can see it in Jesus. In the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. You know what that includes, sustaining all things? Well, it includes all of the heavens and the earth and all of the things we see all around us, but it also includes our lives. Jesus wants to sustain you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to energize you. What does he do it with? His powerful word. He does it with his powerful word. In the New Testament, there's two words that are translated into the word word. Two Greek words. The first one is logos. Logos is the general will of God. You know, the, God, uh, the Bible says, in fact, Jesus says it in the Bible, love your enemies and pray for those who despitefully use you. That's his will. That's his general will. But he also has a specific word for you, for your circumstances, for your life. And that's the rhema word, a living word. He wants to speak to your situation. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to help you to have, have uh, creativity of how to raise your kids, how to, how to deal with things in your work. I remember one time an electrician came to the church here who was a believer, and I asked him to fix a light downstairs. The switches wouldn't work. And we went downstairs, and he turned to me, and he said, Pastor Greg, let's pray. And I thought, that's weird. He said, I don't know what's wrong. But maybe Jesus will show us. And we prayed. And he said, you know what? I think, I think he showed me. And, you know, within a few minutes, he had the problem fixed. That wasn't in the Bible. But he received a living word for the circumstance, for the situation. You know, Jesus wants to sustain you. You know what happens when he does that? It empowers you to live for him, to not settle. He doesn't want you to settle, to pretend you're somebody you're not. He wants you to walk in the fullness of your inheritance. <laughs> right on. Well, this morning we're going to close with this scripture. We're going over time by a couple minutes, but we're going to do this in two minutes. So if you have your journal, get that out. If you brought that along with you today, if you need a piece of paper, ushers have paper, stick your hand up, they'll bring you something. But um, if you can remember to bring your journal. And uh, I just want to take a moment. The worship team, they're going to come and play. I'm going to read this scripture because this scripture really speaks to us not settling. <laughs> this verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight or he'll direct your paths. You know the Lord wants to direct you. He wants to lead you. But you have to trust him. <laughs> and you can't trust him if you can't hear him. And so I just want to take a moment at the end of the service this morning. 
for us. Let's just ask him, Jesus, where do you want me to yield my life to you more? If you want to write that down, where do you want me to yield my life to you more? And let's just ask the Lord, Lord, speak to us. Where do you want me to yield my life to you more? It's great that you've been yielding your life to him. Just let him speak to you. just spoke to me and I asked that question he put his finger on something in my heart (laughs) you know I've been worried about you (laughs) as a church There's a lot of things I can't control. And it's not that I want to control. I want people to walk in their full blessing, their full inheritance. And I just feel like I'm powerless sometimes to help you. And Jesus just told me that he loves you more than I do. He's walking with you. And he's going to help you. He's going to do and finish the work that he started in you. That's really encouraging for me as your pastor. Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you love Gateway Church more than any of us love Gateway Church. Thank you that you promised Lord, to walk with us and lead us and strengthen us. Give us faith to follow you in Jesus' name.